This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everyone. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me. Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is one of my favorite people on the internet, one of my favorite people on Netflix. Uh, and now that I've had an hour-long conversation with him, he's just one of my favorite people. He's really one of the coolest people I think I've ever met. His name's Luke Cook. He's been an actor for many years. Uh, you may know him as Satan on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That is, that's how I met him. But he also runs an Instagram account that I think is uh, really goals for the future. Um, today I deemed him the future of straight men. <laughs> And once you listen to our conversation, you'll probably understand why. So buckle up and hunker down and sink your teeth into some brand new hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom! everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by actor, director, uh, the notes say actor, director, and director. Good one, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're joined. Listen, it doesn't matter. I love him. He's I'm this is I've been trying to make this interview happen for months and now it's happening. It's Luke Cook. Hi Luke. Hi Jinx. Okay, Luke, I'm going to start this out just as bluntly as possible. The reason why I love you is I think you are the future of straight men. Let's talk about this. <laughs> you, I, I mean, I don't presume, I don't presume that I know your, your um, identity, but you are married with a kid, with another kid on the way. Um, you're a Hollywood hunk. For all intents and purposes, you present as straight, but lacking many of the toxic male qualities that tend to identify men as men. And you, not only do you not possess a lot of those toxic qualities, but you go in the opposite direction. And I would say, um, I would say you gay bait with purpose. Because <laughs> I am someone who, I've seen a lot of gay baiting in my life. I never feel like what you're doing is gay baiting. I feel like what you're doing is showing off how non-toxically masculine you are. <laughs> let's let's start here, okay? Let's start yeah, here. Let's what motivates your Instagram persona? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just about having as much fun as I possibly can. I don't think about, obviously, I don't think about gay baiting. I don't think about whether I'm being toxically masculine or not toxically masculine. I'm just like, what do I want to do to have the most fun that I possibly can yeah. right fucking now? And yeah. if that means like I'm dressing up as like my alter ego, Louise, who's an impersonation <laughs> of my mum. And, you know, it's so it's so interesting because just on Friday I, I posted, oh, sorry, on Sunday I posted a picture of me in drag. And I yeah. would have lost around like 4,000 followers. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, guys, have I not been doing something like this the entire fucking time you followed me? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I remember your humor has gotten, has made me smile in the moments when I'm like, the reason why I said re i said in an interview you are my favorite person to follow on instagram because i'll oh, be wow. scrolling instagram which is basically like the only app i use right and i'll be scrolling and because of the algorithm because of what i post all i get in my algorithm is like social justice stuff stuff about gender politics and blah so I'm I'm scrolling through, getting worked up, getting pissed off. Next thing I know, it's Luke Cook in, I presume, his wife's bikini. And he's like dancing around going, we are the proud boys. We'll make it loud, boys. We are the proud boys. Like trolling the proud boys. And I'm like, you're so brilliant. Now, you've also had a full fucking career that we're going to talk about. But I just wanted to start with this. Like... The reason why I like talk about you to anyone who will listen is because, like I said, I think you're the future of straight men. And if any straight men are listening, follow Luke Cook and take notes because you're also fucking gorgeous. You're also a hunk. You're also stacked. <laughs> you're a brick house. What's the term? I don't know. So you got it all going on. But it. You've also had to work really, really hard in your career. Um, I didn't know this until I was looking in my notes, but your first sitcom acting role was playing RuPaul's evil assistant. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was like the ultimate, like my first TV job ever was with him. And I remember the first day on set, I was on my phone sitting next to him. He's like, what are you doing on your phone? Like, get off your phone. Get off your phone and talk to me. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. And then we just didn't stop talking for like five days. Like we just we just became friends. But I like was called out by him at the beginning. I was like, gosh, this guy, I don't really know. I didn't know who he was. And so I was like, admit, okay. And then we became mates. <laughs> and I had to, I had to like kind of out arch him. Like I had to be uh -huh. even, even more camp than RuPaul. <laughs> uh, if, that, if that was going to be possible um, the still but, that's here first of all the still that I have in my notes of you and RuPaul you look okay I don't know how old you are here but your cheeks are snatched you, you're serving <laughs> <laughs> you're giving cunty side eye um, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I had no freaking idea. So it's just, you've always been an insider. You've always been on the inside. You've always known what's up. <laughs> so the other day, the other, sorry, I should say the other, about six months ago, I'm at a smoothie you, you're store. You're a parent. You don't have to have any concept of time. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Are, you, are you a parent? 
no, no, I just follow you on Instagram, so I see your kid throwing rocks at you and stuff, and I yeah, think God, I you're doing God's work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I I was at a smoothie store, and this big, tall motherfucker comes up behind me and just cups my eyes from behind, <laughs> and I'm like... And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, and I turn around and it's this guy in a hoodie and a, and a, like an N95 mask. And I'm like, who is that? And then I see the eyes and it's RuPaul. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in years. And he just comes up and does that shit to me. And then every so often he'll, every so often he'll just send me a really crass joke on text. Yeah. He's, just a, he's a very odd friend to have. Would you consider him your friend? Well, you know, we only really get to interact when we work together. And so I would right. say professional friends, absolutely. But then there's also the, you know, there's the history we have together of her, uh, of Rue crowning me twice. And so there is kind of like a, um, there's like a familial relationship there. But I do believe that Rue um, keeps kind of a, a boundary between the girls and, um, you know, himself, because, you know, it's a it's a funny it's a funny tightrope to walk being kind of like our boss and our mom and our friend all at the same time. But any time yeah. I interact with Rue, which is in professional context, anytime it's like we're old friends, it's like we're picking up where we left off. It's like as if we saw each other yesterday, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I take I take notes from Rue. Yeah. Uh, in the, in that in that sense, like uh, there's a professionalism there that like and that spans so many years that you're like, okay, whatever you do seems like a fairly good way of doing things. <laughs> like the, the the way the way in which Rue talks about his private life, for instance, and kind of keeps you it about like about, has a boundary where you can't cross over. Yeah, that's smart, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is smart. I mean, like because. There is, you know, there's plenty to be said about being candid and people, you know, when they feel like they can relate to artists, they definitely, you know, it 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 in it, it creates that bond between you and your audience when you're candid. But then there's also like if you open up every part of your life, I think that's kind of why I've been pontificating lately on why influencers and like people who uh, like our, you know, they're famous from YouTube or TikTok. Their lives seem so freaking dramatic, right? Mm. Like they're always in feuds with each other. They've always got dirt on each other. And they're all, you know, it, it, it seems like there's a lot of drama going on. And my wonder is, is it because every aspect of their life is being lived publicly? Like when you have no private life, there's no place for there's nowhere else for the drama to go, but public, if your whole life is public, right? <laughs> yes. I was talking, I was talking with my wife the other day about this, about is reality TV good for society? Like mm. are the real housewives good for society? <laughs> like are, is, are the Kardashians good for society? Yeah. Like ever since 2008, that was the first writer's strike, right? Ever since 2008, there were, that was, that was with like the beginning of huge reality TV push. Yeah. And I wonder if it's been good for society or not to watch these people who are, who, whose money is conflict. In order for that, those shows to be interesting, there has to be conflict. So they have to make things happen, like conflict happen, which is probably what you're talking about with these influencers and these YouTube people. It's like make conflict happen all the time. And I don't think that's good for society. I think if you're watching that stuff too much, 
you can start to do that in your own life where you're like, yeah. the only thing that makes you sense. You got me the Crunchwrap Supreme, but I said I wanted a Chalupa. You're dead to me. <laughs> um, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, because of course there's, of course, plenty of people I respect find that uh, that stuff entertaining. I've never really been a reality TV show junkie. I like mm -hmm. cooking competitions. I like drag race. I like mm -hmm. silly competitions, you know, like things where the stakes might be high, but it's at the end of the days, it's Legos or <laughs> it's, yes. you know, yes. I like that kind of stuff. But the reality TV that you're talking about, where it's just following people around getting into conflict, it is kind of like, yeah, I mean, and then just the fact that, like, you know, then there's the fact that we're all, we all know more about, like, what the Kardashians are doing day to day than we do about global politics. You know, that's, there, that's a thing. <laughs> that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Like, somehow I'm aware that Courtney and Kim are in a feud right now about him dressing up for Dolce and Gabbana and she wore something that was like Courtney's dress. And I'm like, I don't even watch this shit. How do I know? <laughs> exactly. It's intrusive pop culture. It's the way I feel about Star Wars. I've never seen a single Star Wars movie. I can tell you the plot of every film. Anyway, <laughs> um, Luke, let's talk about the fact that, uh, okay, so you came into my life you, uh, you've been working for ages and ages, and I have in my notes, and you've been candid about it, uh, about how you, you've been working a long time, but then you, because of your work, because of your visa, being Australian, you had to take many, many years off, and, uh, well, four years off in, in this industry is like a lifetime, and, um, so then you talk about the grind of getting back to it. And then fast forward to uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina's when you entered into my life. And then once I found you on Instagram and saw the way that you and um, what's his uh, Gavin, uh, <laughs> Nick Scratch, the way you two were trolling the Internet with your, um, uh, your you were like teasing the ship. <laughs> I don't know the way you were. It was like you were the little older brother on that set. But you and the, the young dudes were also like like um, trolling the internet, like uh, kissing each other and rubbing up on each other. And I thought something on this set just seems like so much fun. <laughs> like these, y'all act like such goofballs. Um, uh, of course, I worship Michelle Gomez. She's like a goddess oh to me. So yep. let's talk about Sabrina and playing Satan and um, and your relationship with, uh, with them all. the cast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, we were very, uh, we, we really actually loved each other. And I'm not sure if that was like that, that came through, but we no, all loved each other very much. definitely comes through. <laughs> yeah. Like we actually all got along so well. And it's not often that you go onto sets. I'm sure you felt this where you go onto sets and you're like, oh, there's some awkwardness here. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, that wasn't there with these ones. Uh, and yeah, me and Gavin became fast friends. I became fast friends with all of them really. But yeah, um, so the, the, I know what the one you're talking about. The, the thing with me and Gavin was that in the show, Nick Scratch had been put into Satan. Mm -hmm. And uh, my <laughs> continuous joke was, get him inside me. 
<laughs> and and so I continue to tease him about like you're inside, you know, and uh, it just uh, it was ongoing. Yeah, and that's the thing I'm saying is like, it's like I don't think you're gay now because you're making those jokes. You know, like growing up, I I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm 35, and of course, you know. Uh, growing up, like post AIDS epidemic, uh, like in the new in the new America that was integrating queer people into society, <laughs> you know, like oh, what a novel concept. Queer people are just people, and then, but then there was you know the backlash of the queer panic. You know, if you watch Friends, every other joke is about you know, this guy can't touch that guy or they're gay now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to be a generation, to be a generation away from that and then see like these Hollywood hunks playing around with each other in that way, all it shows is that it's not such a big fucking deal. You know, it doesn't make anyone think you two are gay for each other or if you are, that's your own business. But the big thing that it tells society is it's not such a big fucking deal. <laughs> you know? No, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think it's like about being as comfortable. Um, it's about being comfortable around another man, despite what his pro what proclivities are. And mm -hmm. pro despite what your proclivities are, like we can give each other a hug and a kiss on the cheek and say, we love each other. <laughs> and it's not a thing, but back in the nineties, like I watched a movie the other night with Ryan Reynolds called waiting. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's an, there was an F bomb. Like, I, and I don't mean the word fuck. I yeah. mean the F bomb. <laughs> oh, I can say it. Other. Fag. They say they called each other fags. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for saying it. I, 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 they were saying it like all yeah. the time to each other, and it was it's like wow. We, and that's Ryan Reynolds, like who's a yeah. huge star now, and that we've come a long way. They're that's joking Pikachu. about having sex with <laughs> having, having they're, they're joking about having sex with like women who are seventeen, and yeah. they're not joking. Like, and and it's like wow, we've come yeah. a long way. You know, and it's so funny. I've been kind of thinking about that a lot lately, too, is that, you know, for so long, it was OK for men to joke about having sex with underage girls. It was OK for men to joke about date rape, essentially. Like, uh -huh. if you look back in TV from the 90s, constantly there's like, well, is he going to take advantage of her in her drunken state or not? You know, <laughs> tune in next week, you know? It's like... Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, but you couldn't, but, but anything gay was like, whoa, so yeah. it's just, it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to see someone, you know, it's cool to see someone like you as comfortable as you are. So you got two kids. What's your home life Dude. like these days? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's great. You know, I I I can't fault it. I really like, even though it's kids are inconvenient. That's what they are. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Especially when people like don't want kids. They're like so inconvenient. I'm like, it is so true. They're so fucking inconvenient. But 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 also like, I've never loved anything more than my my eldest son right now and my other son who's seven months old, he's just he's coming up. around. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> he's got to catch I, I, up. <laughs> there's something to, there's something to being absolutely in love with something more than you've ever been in love with anything ever. 
and mm-hmm. that's there's something to be said for that. But my my home life is it's 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 messy. I get I've been hit in the head like a, in the last week a couple of times like by his fist, which is an odd thing to be like dealing with. Like you hear like a a, a battered a, a battered wife who's absolutely in love with. <laughs> that's me and my cat. Yeah, cats. That's why I love cats because you're yeah. always figuring them out. You're like, how am I going to get in with you today? <laughs> no, actually, not even today. Like, how am I going to like get you to love me in the next half an hour? Yeah, and you have to figure it out every half an hour. That's what I love about cats. Yeah, dogs make For it me, too easy. <laughs> dogs make it too easy. They just fall. <laughs> Whereas cats is like, like, let me figure out this puzzle right now so you can yeah. come and kiss me. <laughs> um. So kids are inconvenient, but do you find do you find that it's um, like, how are you balancing a life in the industry? I know um, the thing I saw you most recently posting about seemed like a horror movie, a horror movie. Um, yeah. where you're what? You're stalking some girl, you creep? <laughs> well, actually, I'm getting revenge. It's called Follow Her. It's actually about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not it's it's totally creepy on my part but it's yeah, more yeah. about getting revenge on her the whole story is she runs a site where she pranks people and films it and then mm. she posts them on her site and she blanks out their face but she forgets to on one video that does really well it goes viral and she's getting all these followers but she doesn't take it down because it's great for the clout so i'm hired by that guy mm. to come and get to come and get her and ruin her life Mm. And it's very, it's kind of a psychosexual thriller. There's a bit where she tickles me and then sticks her foot <laughs> in my mouth. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. But mixing, <laughs> mixing, mixing being a dad with being an actor, uh, I've just I've taken away the stress of being an actor so much. Mm. I'm like, I used, I used to be like, got to get acting work, got to get acting work. And I'm like, actually, now all I want to do is, um, I'd, I'd, I love acting work and I love acting, but all I want to do now is, make sure that I'm creative for money. So I'm starting like a business doing, I'm starting a protein company and I'm starting, you know, all of these things and writing. So I'm doing as much as I can without having to stress about getting the next job. I just, yeah. I just found that that was, uh, that was too much for a life as a dad. Like where you're like, well, oh, got to get work, got to get work. That kind of desperation is not good for a creative. I'm sure you have felt that yeah yeah well because it and that's when you end up taking the work that your instincts tell you oh you're not going to be happy doing this or yeah or like this isn't what you got into this for but you take it because you're like i gotta be doing something i can't be sitting around you know but if anything um yeah i mean i've always felt that pressure of uh especially as a queer um drag entertainer like the bubble could pop at any moment you know got to make the most of it while you've got it the phrase strike while the iron's hot has been said to me my whole life well like 10 years later the iron's still okay like it's still warm you know like and the pandemic taught me that i can do other things to stay like active and then come back to the grueling work when i'm ready for it but like it is nice to know that entertainers can find all these different outlets, you know, like do a podcast for a while. If that means you get to stay home and um, work, but also be with your family. Like, I I think we learned there's multiple ways to do things. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tell actors all the time, like the, the skills that we have as creatives, actors, whatever, are skills that aren't just made for this very narrow field of learning lines and saying lines. Yeah. Actually, our, our skills are, are far beyond that. The ability to listen to people, number one. The ability to think about what they're saying and then ask a follow-up question. I mean, th this is necessary for business, sales, uh, mm -hmm. interviewing, hosting. You don't have to just stick into this same cordon. When I was young, I was like, I'm just going to be an actor and that's it. I'm just going to be an actor. Mm -hmm. like, if, if I try and do something else, it'll, it'll disperse the, the energy given to acting. And I'm like, that was a very young thing to think. Now I'm like, I just want to be able to be creative and fulfilled for money. I don't care if it's in, in the acting field. I don't care if it's some in some other field. I don't want to be cordoned in. I want to be able to use my talents for a, a million different things if I need to. And I, I find it enjoyable to not just be an actor all the time. Yeah. Well, As you are doing you right now. Yeah, <laughs> and it gives you plenty of time to come up with um, silly shit to do on the internet. Okay, you do this thing where you like, oh, <laughs> it was this one video where it was like all these, <laughs> oh my God, okay, no, two videos that I can think of right now. Um, models like posing while they're getting their makeup done. And uh, like what I love that you do is you point out how ridiculous the internet is. Uh, you had this video of Courtney or no Kim Kardashian promoting her like beyond burger meat or whatever. And she has half a hamburger in her hand and she's pretending to chew, but there's not a bite taken out of the hamburger. <laughs> and so you did a montage of you pretending to eat food. <laughs> like that kind of shit. Like if you could market that into <laughs> like that's that's honestly what the world needs more of like poke po po point out how ridiculous our culture is as much as you can everybody absolutely. listening <laughs> absolutely like I, I don't think we consider the way that we've turned our lives have turned into instead of just living life we now shoot our life mm. like everything's always filmed everything mm. has just become the life has become content farming and we just can't, whenever something authentic happens, we, we film it, we pull it out and we shoot it. Or like, you know, like I, there's this guy the other day that I poked fun at who was like in his mirror, shirtless, <laughs> filming himself saying a quote by Timothy Chalamet, by the way. But he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't thank Timothy Chalamet for the quote. He just, he just, he just filmed himself shirtless in the mirror and like said this meaningful quote. He's like, you are the captain of your soul. <laughs> and, 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 and I was like, and I was like, this is this is so, this is so terrible. Like, why don't you just, why don't you just text your friends if you found the quote so meaningful? Like, if you, if you want to share it with somebody, maybe you don't have to. You can take keep your, your shirt, shirt on. <laughs> yeah, and get in front of the mirror. Like, isn't this an absurd way of expressing that you really like that quote? Yeah, and you and you and you also like. What I love is I wouldn't know that there were trends on TikTok if you weren't making fun of them. The trend of, oh, my God, what was this thing that, like, boys were doing on TikTok where they're, like, getting, getting, getting arrested? They're getting arrested or they're getting kidnapped, but they're sexy about it. What is that? Oh, that was what my is favorite. that? They're getting, they're getting arrested, right? And so they've got the handcuffs on that, and, and the, the cops are putting the handcuffs on, and then they lock eyes with you, 
And then they mouth, I love you. They go, I love you. <laughs> what is this? Isn't that absurd? That, so that, that they it's thought, so that absurd. They thought that's, that's, what a, that's what a woman wants. A woman wants to see me getting arrested, but I'm like part of that. <laughs> So all of this is leading up to a really weird question. I have no factual basis. Um, I am just going to ask it. What makes Australians so much funnier than the rest of the world? Because um, my like other favorite account to follow is the Uninspired Unemployed. Um, some uh, Australian comedians making funny yeah. videos, poking fun at yeah. culture. You've participated in some videos with them. Um, okay. Why are Australians so much funnier than the rest of us? <laughs> is I it because you are uh, so funny yourselves? Like just you as people is kind of just hilarious in and of itself. <laughs> I think that number one, like taking the piss, like take, yeah. making a mockery uh, is just part of our culture. And it's a way of saying, I love you. Yeah. Like, uh, if I could, if I take the piss out of you, it means I like you, yeah. and that's a very odd thing, especially for <laughs> Americans. Like when I mock somebody, I'm essentially saying like, you know, I like you, like I respect <laughs> you enough to make fun of you. Mm -hmm. Also, as Australians are taught, I think, very from a very young age, not to take ourselves too seriously. You have to like we have to consider like we're not a we're not a world powerhouse. <laughs> like we, we don't we're, we're like we're like a, a shitty little country down, you know. Yeah. down in the bottom of the world and we are quite aware of our uh, insignificance which just breeds humility and hilarity you know so it's like you know we're, we're shit isn't this funny <laughs> i love australia every time i go to australia i have the best time i always have the best sex in australia i don't know why wow. the ratio of there's a higher ratio of large penises in australia i have my like weird theories about you know because of the criminals that were sent there or something. I don't know. Criminals must have BDE or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I wonder if like one of the first crimes like that you had to What's do in order to be there. No, it's buggery. <laughs> so so like you're these, all these guys keep fucking each other in the ass. Send them to Australia. Send them to Australia. Then that's where we got the idea. <laughs> send them all away. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so there's, are you telling me there's not a top shortage in Australia? There's not a top shortage, no. And uh, what I'm saying is that, like, you know, the ratio to large penises is just higher in Australia. Mm. Um, yeah. which, yeah, like I said, I, I have a theory that everyone's, uh, I guess, descended from big dick gay guys back in the day, <laughs> back in Victorian England. Um, <laughs> but, big dick uh, buggers. <laughs> big dick buggers. So I, I love Australia. Always have a great time in Australia. And yeah, it doesn't seem like people take things too seriously. I always joke that Australia feels like America in the 90s. And the last time I made that joke, someone yelled back at me, 
yeah, well, at least we still have abortions. And I said, yeah, so did we in the 90s. <laughs> um, do you miss Australia? Have you found it hard um, assimilating? <laughs> I don't find it hard assimilating. I do miss it, though. I do feel like there's a... I do feel like, not to get too serious, I just do feel like there's just a respect for life in yeah. Australia that, that, that in any big society tends to like just respect life a little bit less. Like I do mm. think that whenever I see that there's a school shooting and that, that nothing gets done about it, that I'm like, oh, so we're just moving on from that, are we? Oh, that was nothing. Yeah. I'm just getting on with things. Like I'm just like, I, I, this is a problem that I wish was sorted in this country that would make me feel a lot better about it. Yeah. I mean, very poignant because I cite this all the time, but Australia had one mass shooting or two mass yeah. shootings. And then yeah, immediately, immediately swung into action, made gun reform, and now there hasn't been. And there just hasn't been since then. So whenever yeah. people say, well, you could ban the guns and blah, 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 it'll still happen. But we've seen evidence contrary to that. Like we've literally seen in a test country. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this country tried it out and guess what? It worked. So why yeah. are we still avoiding it? Like, why are we still yeah. acting like it can't work when this country just already proved that it does? So. I, I, it's funny. I do see like that conservatives think that, that we fucked up when we did that. And, and I like that Australia. And I'm like, no, it, it, it's great. Like it's very peaceful life. But they're like... <laughs> It, the lockdowns, the, the COVID lockdowns in Australia wouldn't have happened had everyone had guns. And I'm I, like, I, I'm like, but that's your reasoning that there's no school shootings. Like, what were you going to What were you going to shoot the coronavirus? Like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't. The logic of Republicans <laughs> these days, it's like, and that's. Uh, um, like my my business manager constantly has to remind me because I'm like, I got to do something about this, you know, and I get myself worked up and they're like, well, OK, let's talk about what you want to do about it. I'm like, I've got to get on the Internet and I've got to start yelling at people. <laughs> and then they're like, you're going to waste your energy because you are trying to have a logical conversation with someone who has chosen to think illogically, like someone who has con made the conscious decision to not let logic enter the, <laughs> the equation in their decision-making. So yeah, how do you, how do you balance this uh, jinx? Like, how do you balance being a comic, you know, funny and like wanting to yell from the rooftops things that really matter to you and also not, because because people come to us for a reason. People come to yeah. me for a reason. I find like like make me laugh. Yeah. Don't do anything else. Don't talk about what you care about. Make me laugh. So how do you balance that? Well, I find that I'm my funniest when I'm full of rage. So basically, I oh. channel all my rage into my joke writing. And in that oh. way, I feel like I'm getting the thoughts out. I feel like I'm getting it out of my body. It's not living inside me anymore. I'm putting it out on stage. So my day-to-day -day life is actually pretty chill because I know I'm going to. And then there's the thing of, like, my audience is people who typically already feel similar to me. But my thought yeah. is, my thought is, I'm not going to change these people's minds. These aren't the people whose minds I'm trying to change. These are the people I want to equip with the right, like, thought patterns so that when they go back out, 
they know exactly how to fight those people in their lives. You know, I, I feel yeah. like I'm equipping my audiences with the tools that I use to fight that. And then hopefully they go back out and, and fight in the same ways, you know, and like even one big thing I just tell anyone who wants to be an ally when they say, what can I do? How do I be an ally? You know, it's not about reposting things. It's not about blacking out your Instagram picture. It's about stopping the behavior when you hear and see it, you know, and that feels so uncomfortable to us because we, the last thing we want to do is like, when we know it's the status quo, we know we're going to be the nerd or the like annoying one. Like, guys, we really shouldn't say that. Guys, you're kind of talking like an asshole. But how do how does the behavior change if we don't make it uncool to be that way? You know, we got to like we got to make it less cool. <laughs> you know, we got to make it more cool to be woke than to be an asshole. You know? <laughs> Right. I find that like rebuke is really difficult and there has to be a way that you do it that doesn't discourage and crush a person and make them hate you. Yeah, because, you because then of, they just, it's all, they build the wall, you know. <laughs> then they then they feel good about what they said and then exactly. they, they like continue, they, the, hate, the hate rises. And this, it has to be something about winning hearts and minds that's necessary in the conversation. It's like, how am I going to relate to somebody who, who, as you said, like doesn't see reality the way that I see reality. And it's like, I find it's very difficult to rebuke someone and to love them at the same time. Mm -hmm. But there has to be that element that I'm like, hey, I'm telling you this because I love you, or I, I, I'm telling you this with some humor so that you see it better, right? Because if I just fucking tell you, bitch, you're mm -hmm. going to be like, fuck this guy, walls are coming up. But, yeah. you know, I. What I think is missing so much in this talk of, a, of the divisiveness of this country is winning hearts and minds. Yeah. Like if you want to win them over, you gotta you gotta like see. The, one of the best jokes is that joke that you told about the Portland gender reveal party. <laughs> because <laughs> because I thought that it was going in a direction that was going to be like fuck the straight, uh -huh. and then and then but you you turned it on its head, and all of a sudden everyone was. An idiot. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think I've definitely chosen comedy as my way to do what you're talking about. And I think Ooh. you have, too, because, like, obviously, you're also an actor, so you play your roles. Those roles, you know, that's you playing a role. But who you are as a person is doing what you're talking about. Winning hearts and minds through comedy, through taking the piss. And then I also think... I think, you know, point blank, you are a person who has inherent privilege. And what you do with that privilege is poke fun at things and the people who are paying t attention to you start to see how ridiculous those things are. Because here you are, mm -hmm. this gorgeous, <laughs> this gorgeous, hunky, white man, wife and kids, the American dream. And, <laughs> and then you get into your wife's clothes and you make fun of people who are taking themselves too seriously. And I just think mm -hmm. that's brilliant because you could so easily just sit back and enjoy your lovely life. Like you could so easily not give a shit. 
And instead, you give a shit, but you don't preach. You make us laugh while you give a shit. And that's, I just love it. And it's why I, I, it's why I adore you. The day that I like responded to your post about queefs <laughs> and then you said, you got something to add to this jinx? And I was like, I can't believe Luke Cook just responded to me. So I pounced on you for this interview <laughs> and I'm so happy I did. <laughs> yeah there was something about uh, turfs what do we call these queer turfs and it's like well you quirfs yeah but I was <laughs> responding to your you were posting something because I don't know if you were trolling us or what but you were saying that um, the women in your life were having a conversation about queefs feeling good and how they like to enjoy their oh. queefs and you yeah. were like and you were like is this real or am i being pranked did what was the <laughs> what was the consensus on that it's actually not not a ne not necessarily not technically a queef it's a fart <laughs> that travels up into the frontal labia and then reverberates around the clitoris <laughs> and these two women who I was talking to <laughs> were saying that they love it and it happens mostly in the bath and that, <laughs> that they think it feels good and then all of these people came out of the woodwork saying this is true or this is not true it doesn't feel good it really is an annoying feeling when your fart gets trapped in your labia <laughs> <laughs> We are so close to the end of the conversation, but I don't want it to end because anyway, I'll just make sure you get my number after this. Luke, I have compulsory questions <laughs> that I ask every guest. I'm really excited Please. to ask you these questions. But my last, um, the last thing I want to just hear you riff off of, your mom won't watch Sabrina because of religious reasons. Is this specifically because you play the devil or because of the whole show? Uh uh, I think specifically because I played the devil. <laughs> so but, if you had been Gabriel or something. <laughs> maybe. But even then, like, I think that she would find that probably sacrilegious. It's hard to say exactly why. And it's, it's odd because it's just not historically accurate. Like, it's like, well, historically, theater has always been about the gods, about the yeah. devil. Like, when you look at the ancient Greeks, their, their, their whole thing was about, you know, gods, you know, facing off against each other in the theater. And so it's like, well, why is playing Lucifer any different to that? And yeah. for me, Lucifer's just fun. I don't look upon witchery or any of this like as true. It's like, guys, this is fantasy. It's so much fun. Come on. Yeah. It I yeah. mean, your performance as Lucifer was great because you start off scary and then by the end, he's kind of goofy and lovable and just, uh, just wonderfully done. And I love that series so much. I love Miranda Otto and Lucy Davis so goddamn oh God. much. So if you ever get the yeah. chance, tell them that like they have a drag queen that just, what multiple, you know, all of us drag queens were just obsessed, just obsessed. Anyway, okay, oh I have God. compulsory questions I ask every guest. <laughs> you may answer them however you like. Um, mm -hmm. First question, who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, uh, um, oh gosh, I saw, I, I saw this um, lipstick ad yesterday with Bella Hadid. Have you seen <laughs> that, that woman? Yeah. I Bella mean, Hadid's me and gorgeous, yeah. Me and my wife were sitting next to each other and I was just like, oh, and she went and she looked at me, she goes, oh, 
Isn't she amazing? <laughs> like, look at that fucking face. I couldn't believe it. It just knocked me out of like, I was like, wow. Anyway, so she's hot. That's it. That's it. She's hot. That's it. Um, my, what I about think you? My, my crush today is Sarah Ramirez because because they played Che uh, uh, Che I can't remember, Che Diaz on and just like that and the internet just um, tore them apart for how silly that character was written. It's not Sarah Ramirez's fault. That character's just written silly, like supposed to be a comedian but never tells a single goddamn joke. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay, see again, like. Sometimes I just wander past the television when <laughs> yes. things are happening. Yeah, you're not watching it just like that, but you know everything about it. <laughs> yes, and I saw this, I saw the stand-up bit. And I what what I noticed was there was no laughter from the crowd. Even in the show, the crowd isn't laughing. The crowd's going like this. What? And I'm like, that's not stand-up. That's not stand-up. So my celebrity crush is Sarah Ramirez for the fact that they returned for season two. <laughs> um, but also, I didn't realize this for the longest time, but Sarah Ramirez also played the Lady of the Lake in the Spamalot musical. So I listen to the Spamalot musical soundtrack all the time. So Che Diaz is also the Lady of the Lake, and that just blew my mind, and I think that's really cool. Crush on transformative actors. Um, <laughs> next question for you. Are you spiritual? Definitely, definitely yeah. spiritual. I don't think that this is the material world is all there is. I think there's something beyond. I think that life is poetic. And in that, in that sense, it's a relationship between us and the divine. And that's constant. It's a constant conversation. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Ever since you? the days, ever since the days of the... Uh, uh, the the festival to Dionysus, where we mortals don the garb of anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm very spiritual. I'm I'm a practicing witch, but it's more I, I consider witchcraft my philosophy more than mm. it's not my religion. My spirituality is just that, you know. Yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. Like this, this is too. There's too much going on inside our brains for it to just go out like a light. Like, I don't know. I'm like, there's too much. There's too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So tell me a little bit about witchery. I don't understand that at all. I, I, well, I like, um, you know, it's different for different people the way they practice. But I think for me, I, avoid, I avoided saying witchcraft or identifying as a witch for so long because... You know, there's a lot of, there was like, you know, there's a lot of goofy parts to it. And there's a lot of parts that you're like, eh, that's not for me. But yeah. it's very much an a la carte spirituality. You know, you take the things. So for me, it's like, I think of cooking as a form of practicing magic. And I, I carry stones with me that kind of are reminders of things, you know. And I like to think about it both scientifically and spiritually. Like I like if I have a beautiful crystal that I carry everywhere with me and I know that this crystal is supposed to heal my soul, when I look at it, I'm thinking this crystal heals my soul. Then my brain's sending whatever chemical response it needs to that makes me feel better in wherever my body thinks my soul is, you know. It's all metaphysics, but it it has like some it has like, you know, it, there's scientific something or other behind it, but also it's yeah. just what I choose because it makes me feel good. 
I, I, I understand. I laugh at the crystal people, but I don't think that they're stupid. I think that there's something to it. I think that we're electrical beings and mm-hmm. we come mm-hmm. from the earth that the crystal comes from and the crystal and, and, and we carry an energy, which is obvious, right? Like I come into the room, people feel a certain way. A crystal in the exact same way is bound to hold that power or any physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like a tree can make you feel a certain way. So why wouldn't a crystal make you feel a certain way? So I laugh at it, but at the same time, I think it's probably on the money. Luke, you just continue to be one of the best there is. Final question for you. Um, What is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, uh, Don't Let Your Sun Go Down On Me by George Michael. (laughs) Do you know Lady Bunny sings that too? She say, she sings, no. don't let your sun go down on go me. Down on me. <laughs> so oh. my, my, my very gay roommate, he's not my roommate. He's, oh, he's a, he, we live together. When you say roommate, it sounds like you're living in the same room. He, he was saying this he's morning, on the he, goes, compound. Oh. he goes, if you're going to talk to Jinx, you have to have a, 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 a Judy Garland. Like she's obsessed with Judy Garland. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like I know about Judy Garland's life, but I have no quotes by Judy Garland. Like he said, yeah, yeah you got to have a quote. I'm like, I don't know a quote, but I know the music and I love the song. And I thought you would like this is forget your troubles. Come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah. Come on, get happy. We're going to be going to the judgment land. (laughs) (laughs) Now do it in nothing but a blazer and a fedora. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Luke. She was um, hot. She was so hot. Um, Yeah. I I love to hear um, that you have such a great singing voice. And my notes had said that you decided to be an actor because you did a school show or something you were a kid and you impersonated frank sinatra and you loved the audience response so much that you became an actor do you still have Uh, a frank sinatra impression uh it's not as good anymore something (laughs) happened to my voice i guess i guess stopped practicing it but it's somewhere in there it's like uh what is it uh it's like uh uh and now the end is near and so i face the final curtain Something uh, like that. I'm soaking wet, Luke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched the um, Netflix series, uh, the characters, or the characters? The characters. No. It's it only got one season, but it's different comedians, and the so each episode is a different comedian at the focal point, but it's them playing multiple characters. The Tim oh. Robinson episode, you would absolutely love. Tim Robinson also has a show called I Think You Should Leave. It's like short form sketch comedy. I think it's right up your alley. Go check it out. Well, that's Cook. great. <laughs> that's great. I'll check it out. Um, okay. This is my last question for you. It has, it's not actually one of the questions from my podcast. I just want to know how tall are you, Luke? What are you like? Six, four? I'm <laughs> six, four and three quarters, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Luke, do you have anything to promote? We know, um, you got follow her is your recent, um, psychosexual, uh, thriller drama. Uh, <laughs> what- you, 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 you can feel free to check that out. It's on, um, Google play, Amazon prime, 
you, you got to pay for it. You know, it's not it's not a fancy streamer. Um, I have uh, next month, uh, if, depending on when you release this, in August I'm releasing a, a protein beverage that's very delicious. It's called Shake Well, and it'll be it's like 25 grams of protein, low fat, low carb, perfect ingredients. You'll probably find it at Erewhon or you'll see it promoted on Instagram. But feel free to give it a try. We have chocolate, I'm going to give it a try. Lemon. I'll send you some, Jinx. Lemon? I Okay, listen. I am now 100%. I like what I do for breakfast now is I just wake up and have a protein shake for breakfast. I have so much more energy than when I used to eat like a breakfast sandwich. or. Oh. And then some days if I have a really busy day, you know, like I'm not getting around to like, uh, I might have a handful of carrots. And then it's showtime. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't eaten anything. And I'm going to be so cranky in the middle of my show. So I might have a protein shake. Um, I'm so excited to hear this. It's, uh, yeah, I'll it's send you some. I'll send protein you shakes are not just for gym bunnies anymore. For no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you have a podcast yourself too, right? I have gotten rid of it. My last episode was last <laughs> week. <laughs> but thank you for Time bringing it up. Time so quickly. When we were talking I, I, like a month ago, you were like, do my podcast. <laughs> I wanted to have you on mine. I know. So like I, I did a bunch of uh, health and wellness, like people, experts in the field. It's a really great entry for someone who's never listened to mm. health and wellness podcasts before, because I like to keep it relatable and accessible for everybody. Um, but my last episode was with a bisexual OnlyFans guy named Jay Kojic, who may have, you may have seen I mock I mocked him. That's how he became <laughs> friends. What he what he does is he eats things with his tongue out very early, like he eats things like this. <laughs> I think it, yeah, and I it's very that. sexual. He's an OnlyFans guy, so I mm-hmm. naturally had to have him on and ask him all the questions about like what's it like shooting OnlyFans stuff and then porn. And I wanted to ask him a million different questions. And uh, so I keep things interesting or did keep things interesting on my podcast, but it's no longer, baby. Well, it's still there. People can still go still listen there. to it. It's called still... The Zaddy Zone if you're interested. The and I, and you, should listen, you should listen to my the last episode with Jay Kocic, call, a.k.a. Call Me Puppy. He is like <laughs> he is like the top from hell uh, who is like, <laughs> who like the, the twink destroyer. I think he has been nicknamed before. Um, it's pretty fascinating. So go and have you a know, look at that. Um, you mentioned, uh, uh, I keep trying to end the conversation, but it's just too much fun. Okay. Um, you, I just had this feeling, and then you mentioned your your gay roommate, your gay um, whoever lives on the compound with you. I just knew, I knew from the moment I started following you, I knew this guy's got a lot of gay friends. <laughs> I do. I do. Luke, I just absolutely love you. Everyone should be love following you. you on Instagram at Luke Cook. That's L-U-K-E-C-O-O-K. He was Satan on Sabrina. He is just one of the coolest. Thank you so much, Luke, for being my guest today. <laughs> what a joy, Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, love to the wife and kids. Uh, yeah, talk to you, you later. Go um, right. f- slip on your, your your tongies and go out for a stroll. Suddenly, all my all my colloquialisms left me, and I just started saying <laughs> shit. Anyway, okay, bye, Luke. <laughs> and thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. 
My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram, at Jinx Monsoon Official on TikTok, or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx! Oh, Mom! To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.